Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Couple of things on the plate today. We are looking at the US dollar, the renewed strength there, sending Asian currencies to multi-month lows. That has already prompted authorities in Japan and China to step up their defenses. And also in the mix, we've got China's property market in focus, country garden holdings paying off its interest payments last minute, giving the property sector, a bit of a reprieve and helping property stocks yesterday bounce back. So that will continue to be in focus as well as whether we will see more stimulus measures from China. So let's unpack it with Vasu Menon. He is the Managing Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Good morning, Vasu. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Very well, thank you. Hey, always great to have you on the show. So let's start first with what's playing out in the markets in terms of the currency markets. And we are seeing some strength coming back to the US dollar. I suppose that's partly due to the rise in bond yields, right, Vasu? Indeed. You know, in fact, the US dollar has been on a rally for seven weeks in a row. At the end of this week, it'll be the eighth week. So the dollar has actually done very well. If you look at the dollar, US dollar index, or what we call the DXY index, that has appreciated about, you know, 5.5% or so since mid-July. And as you said, Ryan, you know, part of the reason why this is happening is because U.S. bond yields have increased quite a bit in the last few weeks. And part of it is because of, you know, changing inflation expectations. And other contributing factors to the rising bond yields have been a record issuance of U.S. government debt and a huge issuance of also corporate debt, investment-grade corporate debt in America as well. Mm. Plus, of course, you know, Developments in Europe and China, the European economy is struggling, sluggish. Plus, you know, the, the, the weak growth in China, uh, in fact, worries about China has also resulted in stronger safe haven demand for the U.S. dollar. So quite a number of factors contributing to the dollar strength and no signs of respite yet. You know, it wouldn't be, it's possible that the dollar could, you know, continue to gain further strength at least in the short term. Yeah, so looking at the dollar index in the past month, it's up 2.3%. And the dollar versus the same dollar, now at 1.364, which is actually a nine-month high. So talk about implications, Vasu. If we get a stronger dollar down the road, what will this mean for Asian currencies and also their markets? Well, it's not going to be the best piece of news for Asian markets and Asian currencies. In fact, Asian currencies have slumped to a you know, 10-month low against the U.S. dollar. Clearly, you know, a stronger dollar, weaker Asian currencies will not be good news for Asia because of a number of reasons. Number one, I think, you know, uh, weaker Asian currencies means that, you know, Asian economies will be importing inflation. And that is going to complicate monetary policy for central banks in Asia because many central banks in Asia have been ahead of the curve compared to the Western peers in terms of raising rates. And uh, given the slowdown in China... I think many central banks in Asia, or at least the markets are hoping for, hoping for central banks in Asia at some stage to cut rates to help support the economies. But with the weaker currencies, there'll be less leeway for central banks in Asia to cut rates because cutting rates will only add further weakness to their currencies. So imported inflation and the complications with monetary policy, the way I see it, the biggest drawdowns for Asia. Of course, if Asian currencies are weak, that also makes their capital markets less attractive, especially local currency bonds local stock markets, and that again, you know, affects capital flows into Asia as well. Is there an argument here, Vasu, that a weaker, for example, Japanese yen will mean that exports become more competitive, which will then mean that markets might be more attractive? Uh, indeed, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the appeal of the Japanese stock market, the weaker yen helping to boost exports in Japan. 
and therefore, you know, making the Japanese stock market more appealing. But, you know, on the, and, and, you know, a weaker yen also boosts corporate profits in Japan because, you know, many Japanese companies have relocated production outside of Japan. So a weaker yen means that when they repatriate their earnings back to Japan, in the Japanese yen, we see a boost in earnings amongst the big Japanese companies especially. But on the flip side, a weaker yen also means that, you know, import costs of uh, raw materials, fuel, and other things that small and medium enterprises in Japan need will also go up. Mm. And that's going to fuel inflation to some extent and, uh, you know, incur the unhappiness of the Japanese public and, you know, maybe even the media to some extent. So the weaker yen is not a straightforward story. On the surface, uh, it looks positive for the Japanese stock market and there's a pretty strong correlation between the Japanese yen and the stock market. But if the yen continues to weaken, that poses uh, problems for the Japanese government as well, especially among Japanese companies which have borrowed in US dollars, for example. They're going to find their debt burden increasing because of the weaker yen. Yeah, talking about problems, uh, let's talk about China. So they are also facing some pressure on their currency. (laughs) Plus, what's playing out in the property sector. Where do you see China right now? Are we near the bottom? Well, you know, it's hard to say. At this juncture, we're not seeing the Chinese government come up with a bazooka approach to, you know, helping the economy. They've come up with several measures, piecemeal measures, and I think that has not satisfied the markets. Uh, the markets are looking for something very big. And if you cast your mind back to history, you see a couple of episodes when the Chinese government adopted aggressive policy. Number one, in 2008, during the global financial crisis, you know, China unveiled a massive 4 trillion yuan in uh, stimulus. And that was very large because that was about 10% of China's GDP at that point in time. And then in 2014-2015, when we had a property slum in China, they again unveiled a stimulus of about $3 trillion. Again, very something very sizable. The markets are hoping for something of that magnitude. And we're not seeing that happen because I think there's a change of thinking among the Chinese authorities not to use the property market to stimulate the economy. So, you know, everyone's hoping for big stimulus from uh, China for the property market to bolster the market, but we're not seeing that happen. And so, hard to say that, you know, China's at the bottom until we see more concrete measures from the government, which has been at this juncture more reluctant to do anything too big. Yeah, so that's going to be something to watch out for. All right, we've been chatting with Vasu Menon. He's the Managing Director for Investment Strategy at OC BC Bank. Vasu, it's been great chatting with you today and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you, Ryan, for having me on the show. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.